Yeah. All right. Okay, let's get started. Um, to those who don't know me, my name is Vincent. I am. Um, I've been in this church since 2012, and God has blessed me with such a wonderful church family. So Pastor Joe asked me again to um, cover him for a Sunday so he could spend some time with his family. I didn't expect that you'll be here today. <laughs> I thought you were going to be somewhere in a warm weather, <laughs> maybe Cancun <laughs> or Hawaii, <laughs> but he's here. Um, Praise God. Every time I do this, it just, it's a humbling experience for me. It, I always tell my wife, I don't know how pastor does this from one Sunday to another, just preparing for a message. And on top of that, you got to do prayer meetings and some Bible studies. So it's a tough job. And then I came in today, every time I have to deliver God's message, some people will tell me, hey, pastor. And I was like, uh-oh, don't call me that because being a pastor is the highest calling. It's, a highest, it's the highest calling that is um, appointed to a man. Right? So um, I was part of that Gideon ministry in the Philippines. Um, it's a group of people that distributes Bibles right, in the hotels and schools. And they always told me in that ministry that we serve pastors because they deserve, they, they deserve it for taking care of the flock. Right? So I want to take uh, an, a moment to just give our pastor a round of applause. Right? Thank you, Pastor Joe, for the unending, I don't know how you do it, but thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. So tonight, we're going to talk about um, work. So work is an interesting topic. Pastor Joe gave me a verse from Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. And I Googled it, and it, all it popped out is work. <laughs> so work. So you, you're maybe thinking you got away from work today. Right? No, we're going to talk about work today. So, but before we jump into that, let's open us in prayer and make sure that let's pray that the, the Holy Spirit within us will speak to us, that God will speak to us. So let us pray. Father God in heaven, Jesus, we just praise you and we thank you for you are so faithful, Lord God. You are so good. You deserve all praise. You are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Lord God. In our times of being weak, Lord God, you remain strong. In times that we are unfaithful, you are faithful. Lord, I just pray that you prepare our hearts and everyone's heart here tonight, Lord God, to receive what you have in store for them. I pray, Lord God, that you will give me the wisdom, Lord, to just um, speak, Lord God, anoint my lips. And I pray, Jesus, that you just, you'll be the one to speak to your people. Just use me as your vessel, Lord God. Just a mere tool, Lord God, to deliver your message to your people. I pray for, your, for this congregation tonight, Lord God, that you'll just open their hearts, Lord, and be ready for what you have in store for them. 
Thank you for everything that you have done. We commit to you the rest of the night. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so um, it's a lot of crowd here tonight. So I want you guys to stand up, and we will read our main text for tonight. So we will be reading from Colossians with the following verses. So just read um, with me. And if you have your Bible, you can open it too. All right. Our Bible is our manual. It's very important. So let's start with Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. I am re reading from the, from the New American Standard Bible. So let's read. One, two, three, hit it. Whatever you do in words or deeds, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him for, to God the Father. Colossians 3, 23 to 24. Go. Whatever you do. Lord Christ, whom you serve. Colossians chapter 4, verse 5 to 6. Go. Conduct yourself with wisdom towards outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. Your speech must always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. Amen. That's the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. I remember it. <laughs> So you may have a seat, and so w this evening we're going to talk about work. I was at work this week for, I think, five days out of the seven days I had. I um, wasn't really there for 12 hours at the time, but um, working five out of your seven days is quite a lot, right? So. You might be thinking you got away, this is your only day off, and you came to church, you know, and enjoying just that one day off. And then now, Brother Vince here is going to talk about work. So, good luck, <laughs> right? So, you might be saying, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> so, we will talk about work tonight because, again, we're in church for what, an average time of two hours in your week. Be here from five to seven, right? And the rest of your time in that week, you spend half of that time at work, if you're working. If you're retired, you're probably spending your time working on something too, right? <laughs> Maybe it might be a project or something. So work is a necessity for survival Right? It is a necessity for survival, for some, not for all, but also um, for the workaholics, it's their life. Right? They work all the time. Um, to some, they dread going to work, especially those, those who doesn't like their work. Right? So to some, for the select few, their workplace is their happy place. It's like Disneyland to them or the Universal Studio. But for me, it's not. <laughs> so, um, well, work is inescapable. You think so? We work. Um, we were taught in school 
to go to work, right? To be employed, especially in the Philippines, they never teach you how to be a businessman. <laughs> um, but it's inescapable and also you have two choices with what you're gonna do with work. It's either you love it or you're gonna learn how to love it. That's the only two choices you have. Because you will always gonna be working until the Lord takes you home, right? So you might say, I'm retired, I don't really work anymore. I tell you, I have a coworker at work. He was 62, early retirement. He was at the VA hospital for like more than 20 plus years. He thought he's gonna be enjoying the retired life. But two months later, he's back at work and he said, I just couldn't sit still. I'm still working at, at home, so might as well just work here and make money. <laughs> That's what he said. But we're, you're always gonna be working. Um, as for me, as you all know, my profession is a being a nurse. And at times, I feel like I have the best job in the world, but that's pretty rare, just to let you know, right? Um, six years had, been, had passed that I've been a nurse, and um, for the most part, you don't feel like you have the best job in the world. For the most part, I feel like I have the most stressful job in the world. Especially during this pandemic, I work at behavioral health, but we're, somehow we're still affected with it. So sometimes, sometimes one of the most fulfilling job in the world at times, especially if I see patients change, if I see improvements, and it's very fulfilling. And I think the nurses that are here or in the medical field agrees with me. So with the, especially with our, with our um, medi medi medical system in this country, which is quite screwed up. So it's really difficult to find some meaning working in a medical field. But God wants us to work. I do not believe that there is anybody that love their job 24-7. If they do, please raise your hand right now. <laughs> oh, I don't see anybody here, so good. Because if you do, please keep it. That's very rare, right? So working is part of us. It is ingrained in our DNA, right? It, we, God designed us to work. You know that? In Genesis alone, there's already work there, right? So um, another thing is that working, th that's just how God designed us to be, is to work. In Genesis, work is already present. God himself worked during the creation. He worked, and whose image we got when God created you and me. If you remember your Genesis, you got, a, you got an answer for me, right? Whose image were you created from? God, right? God. So in Genesis 1, chapter 1, verse 20, 26 to 28, 
Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every crawling thing that crawls on the earth. God created you, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So here God, the creator at work, he created you. Did you know, during the story of the creation, God created everything with, by the words of his mouth. He created them. But when he created you, he moved and he molded you. So you're really that special. Isn't that amazing? Right? So God created, and the apex of, the, of his activity is the creation of humanity in the divine image and likeness of him to the newly minted men and women. In here, he gave us two tasks. So that means we were created to work as well. Right? He gave us two tasks. First, it says there, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And, and the second one is that they are then to subdue or govern. So we are then to subdue and govern. What does that mean? So that means that we have to be fruitful, we have to, be, to multiply and be fruitful, and the second one is we have to subdue and govern. Back in Genesis, the original plan is that we have to take care of God's creation. But what do we do now? It's a def different way around, right? God commands us to work. You can't be fruitful and multiply without doing the work, right? Do you agree? You can't multiply without doing the work. So, and you can't be fruitful without doing the work. You can't take care of things without taking care of them. Right? So, so what about you this afternoon? That's the question. What about you? Where God has you, are you about his business? Huh? It's so quiet. Are you happy at where you at? Are you happy at your job? Look at the person next to you, and I want you to tell that person, your, your work matters because you matter. Go ahead, don't be shy. Your work matters because you matter. Okay? So for the students, your work is being a good student. Okay? So you matter to God because he created you in his own image. Right? So that means what you do also matter. When you understand that you matter to God, God will be able to use you right where he has you for as long as he has you there. Again, when you understand that you matter to God, God will be able to use you right where he has you for as long as he has you there. So that should be your 
punchline or your bread for working, right? So we were created as workers in the beginning, right? To take care of God's creation. And when Christ redeemed us, he just didn't redeem you or saved you just to sit around. He saved you to go to work, okay? So stop, stop, stop being a tambay, right? <laughs> if you don't know what a tambay is, it's, I think it's bystanders, right? <laughs> stop being a tambay, right? God did not save you just to sit around. You got to move, right? For many of us, that's what, what we want to do. For a lot of Christians, unfortunately and sadly, that's what all we want to do is sit on the bench and just watch the game. Nothing else. We enjoy being the bench warmers. In a basketball, that's very embarrassing. I don't want to be a bench warmer. You got to be out there and be playing, right? It's the same, same thing for us Christians. You got to step outside your comfort zone and stop sitting around. You got to be an active player out there contributing to your team. So don't sit around. So tell your neighbor, don't sit around. Okay, don't sit around. So if you are a believer of Jesus Christ, and if you have that intimacy with him, a personal relationship with him, that means you're in a different business now. Now that you are saved, you're in the business of working for Christ. You have to represent him. So the question now is, what does God say about work? And what does he expect from us when we are at work? That's the question now. So what does God say about work? And what does he expect from us when we are at work? So we have two points this evening. The first one is that work as an image bearer of Christ. And the secondly, work as for the Lord. Okay? And that wraps up our message. <laughs> okay, so let's go through these points quickly. First one, work as an image bearer of Christ. If you go to your Bible in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, and it reads, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. All right. So you have a wonderful title. If you are saved, if you have relationship with Jesus you're his ambassador you know God really can save everybody without you at mind's effort but God wants us to be part of it right he wants to use you so what does an ambassador means I googled it and it says that an ambassador is a person that acts as a representative for a country right so us as Christians, we are a representative of Jesus, of God. We, are, we work as image bearers of Christ, right? So once you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're like that, um, you're like that cow, you know, those cows in the countryside. They all have marks in them, in their butt, <laughs> close to their butt. You're one of those. You're, you're always going to have that mark. 
you're a Christian, right? You're a Christian, little Christ. So you have a prefix on your name now, Christian Steve or Christian Mike, right? Christian Vince. If your name's Christian, Christian squared, right? <laughs> so if you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you are an image bearer of Christ. We must recognize that we represent Jesus in the workplace as well, right? Again, for the most part of our week, half of that or more than that, if you're a workaholic, you're at work. So wherever you are, you got to represent Jesus. If we are Christ followers, how we treat others and how diligently and faithfully we do our work reflects on our Lord, right? So if you're a... If you're the laziest person there is at work and you're a Christian, which I've seen one, by the way, <laughs> it's not a good testimony. It is not a good testimony. Because you know what I found out at work? It's not the patients that are difficult. It's the coworkers. <laughs> Especially when I stepped up in the leadership role, it is the coworkers. I learned it the hard way. <laughs> So the question now is that how well do our actions fit with who he is? That's a personal question for you. And another question is, am I representing Christ well at work? Are you representing Christ well at work? The problem with believers nowadays is that we're only believers on Sunday, right? That's the problem. Sometimes you don't come every Sunday. It's every Christmas or every Thanksgiving, right? So, and then another thing is that sometimes we're only believers when we're with each other, right? Sadly. Um, but when we're at work, we embody the culture of, of the world so we could fit in, right? And that's just sad. That's not how it should be. Sometimes we want those church clothes behind us. Take it off after church because I can't use that from Monday through Saturday. Church clothes behind you. It's, in the, it's not even washed. So that shouldn't be the case because you are a Christian first. You're a Christian first before you're whatever you do in your workplace, right? I am a Christian first before I, be, I am a nurse. Or whatever your role is, you're a Christian first, right? So the reality is there are more people you know out there. There are more people you know out there, either be at work or somewhere else, that needs the saving grace of Christ, right? And I tell you, if I ask one of you here, do you know more Christian than um, knowing more um, unbelievers? For me personally, I think I know more unbelievers than believers. So that's how, how plentiful the harvest is, but the workers are few, right? So in Colossians 3:17, it reads, whatever you do in words or deeds, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So that means that in everything that we do, 
whatever it might it may be you have to always consider Jesus Christ that's why that phrase that they always make fun of what would Jesus do that's very true though what would Jesus do in certain circumstances right so Paul's challenge here in Colossians 3:17 is that we have to be prayerful specifically for the work we are in right for the work that we are doing pray we have to be praying that you will make an impact on the people you work with and pray that you will be a good ambassador to other people amen amen, amen. all right wake up <laughs> okay so to our next point you work as for the Lord remember that there's tons of people out there that are burnt out of their work right it's because they work for money they work for their own gain and for personal reasons but if you work for the Lord as for the Lord then it would be different right so we have to change our perspective about work so don't look at it as a burden Right? In Colossians 3, 23 to 24, and it reads, Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord and not for people, knowing that it is from the Lord that you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord's, Lord Christ whom you serve. So who's your master? Who's your ultimate boss? Oh, I can't hear you. Who is it? the lord right the lord is your ultimate boss you might have bosses you know but ultimately it is christ whom you serve right so heartily what does heartily means here in colossians 3 23 heartily means you work out of the soul right and whatever you do you do it with a genuine attitude originating from our soul so that's how important work is for god right that he wants us to give the best that we have in whatever field you're in right so don't just look at work as a means of of earnings right yes it is one reason but at the same time it is a means of service it is a means of bringing honor to God, right? So God wants us, if you're an employee or if you're a boss, to serve diligently, not carelessly. God does not want us to attend to our employer with displeasure, no matter the nature of our employment is, right? So when you, say, when you thought that being a Christian would be so much easier. No, <laughs> that's totally wrong because, again, the Bible says you will get persecuted. At work, God requires you to work diligently and to give your best. So God wants the best from us. Right? So here's an illustration that I, I was really thinking about this. And, and you know how we take God for granted so much in our life it's too much because let's say that you work at Tesla and you're assembling batteries right 
And then out of nowhere, Elon Musk, the ultimate boss of Tesla, showed up. And out of that thousand employees, he picked you. He picked you and said, okay, Jake, let me see you assemble some batteries. And if you're Jake, if you do work at Tesla and assemble batteries, what will you do? Will you, are you going to slack around, or are you going to give your best to impress him? Right? Because the moment you slack around, he can fire you right there and then. Right? Get your butt out in here. You're fired. Right? But also, because you know that he's the boss, and he can dic dictate the next moment of your career, then you would do your best. But how about God, the ultimate boss of our life, right? Our ultimate employer. How come that we don't do our best for Him, knowing that God knows everything? God sees you, right? There's nothing you can't hide from God. When you poop, He sees you. He numbered the hair of your, he numbered the hair in your head. That's how powerful God is, right? So, but for some reason, I don't know what it is, we still take him for granted, right? We don't give our best. God is our judge, right? Ultimately, God is our judge. When you're dishonest at work, he knows that you are. Right? When you're not doing your best at work and you're slacking around, He knows that you are. Not just that, you are dishonoring Him. Right? But if we keep God in view in everything we do at work, we also honor Him. Right? We also honor Him at our work, at our, at our place of employment. Another important thing to remember is that people watches you. You're a Christian. You're a little Christ. So you're a living and a walking testimony of Christ. Right? So your work ethics is your testimony. He'll, people watches you. And again, I learned this hard, the hard way. You know how, how chismes at work and the gossip starts? Because people, each, each people watches each other. That's how, that's how gossip starts. They watches each other and they wait for you to make a mistake. And they gossip it around. It's the same thing. If you are at work, people watches you and they're observing you. So it, it, whatever you do at work, what kind of worker you are, it's your testimony, right? And at work, you might get persecuted. It will not be easy. It's not always easy money, as what they say, right? You've got to work hard for it. But again, as what we sang earlier, it's very true, right? That in our weaknesses, God is always strong. In our in, in our times of need, is always going to be there. 
he will never abandon you. So, folks, I encourage you, we have to be mindful when we are at work. We have to give our best when we are at work because it is a testimony, especially to the unbelievers, right? So don't look at work as if it's just plain work. Look at work as an opportunity for you to bring people to Christ, right? So I don't want you to get in trouble. I know there are rules out there that you can't, especially nowadays, right? It's very offensive to say, to say something about certain religion, but it's not offensive to say Jesus Christ in a profanity way, right? Isn't that ironic? And I, I challenge you, if you hear someone say that, using the name of Jesus in, in, a, in a really sarcastic way. Correct them. Correct them. Will you just keep on tolerating that? Right? Just say something. Say something nice. Amen. Right? Josh Sweden, Josh Sweden said, Work is not to make us feel better about what we do. It is more of what God can do through us while we are at work. So that's our two points for this night. And let's conclude. Oops. Okay, I forgot one. Sorry, guys. Okay. All right. So another thing is that when we are not doing our best at work, when we're being lazy Christians, we are not honoring God. But we have to be mindful as believers that being at work is an opportunity to win, to win a soul for Christ, right? So we have to conduct ourselves with wisdom towards outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. Your speech must always be with grace as though seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. Because when you are at work, again, people watches you. So when you conduct yourselves according to what God wants you to be acting, then you make someone curious, what's wrong with this guy? He's the oddball, right, at work? You're the oddball. But at the same time, they make you make people question what you believe in, right? You make, them you make them question what you do something that they can do to improve their work. So work hard at work for the Lord, knowing that Lord is your, the Lord is your ultimate master. So let's wrap this up with a conclusion that as believers, we have to pursue things with eternal value, right? So in this world today, it's been very commercialized, materialistic point of view. Um, but Jesus, God tells us otherwise that we have to pursue something with eternal value. Because again, this life is not the end of it. We have eternity with 
in the eternity ahead of us to spend with him, right? So Jesus himself is so clear in John 6, 27, and he said, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God, for on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Right? So the work that matters are on the one that glorifies God, the one that lasts forever. Either you are at work or at home, wherever you may be, this coming weeks, see to it that you do it for the Lord. See to it that you do it for the Lord. To summarize, we must live God's word in the workplace. Okay? Live God's work in the workplace. And make that an opportunity to share our love for Christ to the people God brings around us. Right? He also expects us to be morally pure and to have a heart of grace and mercy for those who we work with. Right? And keep the integrity of being a child of God because you are a child of God. Right? Again, you're a living testimony for the unbelievers. So whatever you do, this is a really good reminder. It's from, I think you've heard this before here from maybe Pastor Joe, Joe or me, but Martin Luther King Jr. once said, if a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep the streets even as Michelangelo painted or Beethoven composed music or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will pause to say, here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well. Amen? So our goal is that one day we will hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Come into, my, come into your master's joy. Right? At the end of the day, Life is, in this world is temporary. It is temporary. All of us has an appointed time. It's just a matter of when, right? This past weeks, it taught me that really life is fleeting, right? What matters most is that you are saved and the eternity that is ahead of us that you are going to be spending with your master. As we wait for our Savior, we must make sure that we do the work that Jesus commanded us. All right? Be right before Jesus went back to heaven to be on the right hand of God, he commanded us in Matthew. I know this, is, this has been thrown at you every Sunday after Sunday, Bible study after Bible study, but what's up with us? Have we been doing anything about it? Right? Have we been doing anything about it? Have we been doing something and been obeying God, Jesus, on his command? And his command is from Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to follow all that I have, I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Are you waiting for Elon Musk to watch you one-on-one in a simple battery? No. Because he's watching you right now, right? So what are you waiting for? Go. Let's close in prayer. Father God in heaven, Jesus, we praise you and we thank you for this night, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, for what you have um, installed for us, Lord God. Thank you for that thank you for your message, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for reminding us that in whatever we do, we do it for you, Lord God, because you are our ulti- ultimate boss, Lord God. You are the master of all masters, Lord God. You are the Lord of lords, Lord. So help us, Lord God, throughout this week that wherever we're going to be, either be at home or be at work, we, be, we bring honor to you. We obey you in our workplace. You help us to love our family, Lord God. Lord, I pray that we start obeying you in your command, that we have to go, Lord God, and take every opportunity to serve you. Lord, thank you for this night, and thank you for all that you have done for us. Thank you for dying on that cross for our sake. All the praises, the honor, and the praise belongs to you and you alone. And the congregation says, Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you for your patience.